Hello, today I'm off to Brooklands to drive a whole bunch of Mercedes-Benz. This is Gareth Jones on Speed. Hello, welcome to Gareth Jones on Speed. It's quite a long journey from where I live in north-east London to Brooklands, which is down in south-west London. So the only two options available to me are either to drive out to the North Circular and then the M25 and do that long journey around the capital, or try and leave early enough to force my way through the traffic, right the way through the centre of London to Brooklands. And that was the decision I made, which may not have been the best one. Traffic is heavy. It's always heavy in London, but today's a Friday, so it's particularly heavy. At the moment, I'm on the Kingston Road. I'm still not there. But one of the great joys of being a car fan is that even when you're moving very slowly in traffic, everything that drives past you is interesting. Whether it's the sheer number of Fiat 500s, I can actually see three at the moment, one parked on the left and two in front of me. Or it's the trends. As you drive towards the centre of London, you see more and more interesting cars. In fact, by the time I'd got to Kensington, I suppose it was, I saw my first Tesla S on the road. And it looked very handsome and very broad and very modern and very light, lots of glass. And it had a very, very very obvious row of lights above the rear window of the car so when it breaks you know maybe that's because it's got a lot of battery technology on board and you don't want to crash into that there's a big red warning light stay away electric car could burn i'm sure it wouldn't i'm sure it wouldn't just a bit of comedy but it's very funny as you drive towards the central London, you stop seeing your Micras and your Fiestas and your cars and your Toyota IQs and you start to notice more and more Range Rovers and more and more Jaguars and Aston Martins. And I'm very pleased to see that there are a great number of Jags on the road these days. We hear that Jaguar are doing very well all over the world, but you see them on the road in London as well. Quite a few sport brakes and lots of XJLs these days, the long wheelbase version of the XJ. That may just be a London phenomenon, but I'll take it if that's good news for Jaguar Land Rover and therefore the whole of the British car industry. That's cool. All right, and I shall continue my journey and I wonder what else I'm going to see before I arrive at Brooklands and then the treat of all the car at Brooklands. I've arrived didn't spot anything particularly exciting for the remainder of the journey. Did see a 360 Stradale and a nice Bentley Continental GT Speed. But now I've arrived at Mercedes-Benz World, which is hosting the media driving day today, where a number of journalists get to drive a range of Mercedes-Benz cars. I'm going to drive three, I think. I'll tell you what they are when we get there. But I've never been here before. It's huge, Mercedes-Benz World. There's a 4x4 experience. There's an experience where young children, I think, above 
above the age of 14 or 12 even can drive Mercedes-Benz cars around a test track. But the best thing has already happened. The car park that they're using for the journalists to park our cars in before we go testing is what used to be the Brooklyn's racetrack. I had no idea. I was hoping I might be able to get onto the Brooklyn's racetrack. I didn't realise I would drive here straight away and park up on it. I'm actually standing on the banking at the moment at the lower side of the slope. I've parked my Sora. I'm now climbing up to the highest part of the banking. It's a very wide track. Gosh, you can imagine Bugatti's going through here, 12 abreast. Although I'm not sure 12 would come out of this corner. I'm going to continue walking up to the highest point of the banking that I can find now. It is glorious. It's a good angle and it's getting steeper and steeper and steeper and as I get closer to the end I can see that it is completely grown over at this point. I'm finding it almost impossible to stand right at the top by an archway and a river cutting through. How fantastic. Nice to be in historic Brooklands and going to drive some interesting cars while I'm here. Cool. OK, I've selected three cars to drive today. I could probably drive more, but I think three will be enough. I'm starting with the CLA, which is a car I've seen a couple of times out and about, but I certainly haven't been in and I certainly haven't driven. Interesting, they've stretched the A platform now to create something that was about the same size, in my opinion, as the original C-Class maybe a little bit shorter I'm standing next to it now it's in silver this one is the CLA 220 CDI Sport which has got the 7 speed automatic transmission I give you the full spec polar silver metal paint with black and grey artificial leather Corumba checkered design cloth interior Okay, you can picture the car, very silver, very black, and very swoopy. There's going to be a shooting brake version of this car as well, but knowing Mercedes, it will be a five-door, not a proper three-door shooting brake. Okay, getting in the thing, here we go. Yes, all very sporty in here. You can tell it's part of the sports spec, this one. It's got this really fascinating silverwork on the dashboard that looks ribbed, and yet you run your fingers over it, and it's an optical illusion. It's not ribbed at all. Nice. Okay, let's start it up and get comfortable. It's got manual seat adjustment, this one, which is... Never a bad thing, in my opinion. I think we often put electronics in cars, so we don't always need them for the basic functions, like the seat and stuff. It's just as easy to release something and get your position right. Just messing with the steering wheel now. Nice dash, very sporting. Okay, let's go driving. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, the gears are on the dash, it being an automatic. It's got an automatic brake release, and let's see. It's got an urgent throttle, this car. I touched the throttle there and it was off with a spin. Lots of torque from its front-wheel drive platform. I think I found the way out now. Lots of engine braking too. Navigating my way around the Mercedes-Benz world 
exit from the car park. This place is big enough where I probably don't even have to leave Mercedes-Benz World for a drive. I can just stay here and turn the heating off. That's better. And we're away. Feels like it wants to go. It feels very high-geared and talky at this stage where, you know, a light touch on the throttle and it's ready to rock. Okay, passing the Brooklands Hotel, 30 mile per hour speed limit. A sign telling me to slow down. Yes, I'm doing 32, I'm sorry. Now I'm doing 30. You can hear the engine's barely rumbling over. It's doing about 1600 revs at the moment and I'm doing 32 miles per hour. To my right, I can see the off-road experience where there's a couple of GLAs going around at the moment, but not me in my little coupe saloon. Is it a coupe or is it a saloon? It's a saloon, I think, with a lowish roof, but it doesn't feel particularly coupe-like. Although you do sit low with your feet forward. Okay, roundabout. Let's go around it. slight feeling that it's very low geared and just wants to get away from you. It's neat, it's precise, it's very Mercedes. There's a lot of commonality, as I understand it, between the various cars in the A-Class. And by that I mean the A, the GLA and the B-Class. There's a lot of commonality with that car and the bits that you might find in the Renault Megane these days. But I would imagine what Mercedes have worked very hard at is Mercedesifying, if that's a word, the car to give it that sort of robust premium feel that they say is what defines cars like Mercedes and to many people no one else but Mercedes you find an enormous brand loyalty oh stop start did you hear that it stopped at the junction we're off again with a slight stutter let's head towards Woking and West Byfleet it won't be too long because I've got to get this car back for someone else to drive yeah it's a slightly surgy throttle on this car uh, at the moment, and that's just a matter of adapting my driving style, I suppose. Having driven here in a three litre straight six uh, petrol engine, of course, which has that sort of smooth, even distribution of power and torque, this is a bit lumpy. Well, it, only in so much as it produces low to torque, low down, so it just wants to go. It just wants to go. Let's see. Sounds all right, doesn't it? It's a bit wet out. Although, I'm sure this car will be more than capable of coping with the damp conditions. It being a Mercedes-Benz, remember it's Mercedes who were the first to offer ABS on cars. So if I were to slam my brakes on right now, I'd stop. But that Nissan Qashqai behind me would be in the front seat with me. Actually, no. Knowing the strength of modern cars, it will protect the passenger with its airbags. I've got airbags everywhere, of course. Airbags in the A pillars. Probably got them in the B pillars now. Can't see anything in the B pillars. Something that's very impressive these days is the way that we've managed to 
make airbags a lot more compact. Not only do we have them in the pillars around the car, but also the center boss of the steering wheel. When airbags first appeared, we had these huge center bosses. Now, you would never imagine there could be an airbag in there. You know, you barely imagine you could get a condom in there. How does this feel? Foot down, changes down. You hear that? Bit of a delay. Mercedes, for their F1 engine, have managed to separate the two blades of the turbo, the hot blade from the cold blade, the hot blade which is spun by the exhaust gases, the cold blade which compresses the air before it goes into the engine. They've managed to separate those two blades. Instead of being next to each other, they're now separated via a long shaft which straddles the width of the engine. Um, that keeps the incoming compressed air cool and that gives you a greater charge, you get more power. Now, it's been a while since Formula One has really offered innovations in racing cars, which do translate to road cars, but I would think if I was Mercedes, I'd be making much of that right now, that those kind of technologies, which are increasing performance and efficiency in race cars, would benefit us on the road as well. The CLA hasn't got it, but I would imagine there'll be some super-engined AMG version of it at some point that does have it. Yeah, this does feel not only sort of that strong and impressively cool vibe that you get from Mercedes-Benz, this one does actually feel, or I should say, look sporty. The interior is definitely all black and silver and sporting, no sign of any would of course and um, the ride in this CDI Sport edition is nice I have to say it's uh, bountiful can we describe a ride as bountiful I bet we can we just did You know, I said this car was a little springy. It felt a bit low-geared. That's because I had it in eco mode, which I think is probably the default setting. So I pressed the eco button on the dash, and theoretically, I've got a different car to drive now. So let's see. Just reversing. And I'm going to head back to Mercedes-Benz World. It's already time to get this car back. That's very different. You can hear the gearbox working already. My Sora has two modes, normal driving mode or sport, and the differences between the two aren't great. But in modern cars, the engine mapping and the steering rates and everything really do change when you go from one mode to another. And yeah, that's made quite a difference to the engine. It does feel a bit low-geared still. We're in fourth at the moment. Let's go manual, shall we? I'm using the paddles on the car. Got my thumbs inside the steering wheel. Yeah, and the engine wants to play now. Too much. Let me uh, go back to something a bit more sedate. Yeah, CLA is elegant. And I think that's what they're trying to do, isn't it? They're trying to create an elegant car in this class because essentially I'm driving something about the size of a Ford Orion. And the Ford Orion never, ever managed elegant. Shows you how far cars have come. The CLA, small, 
and yeah, elegant. Before I go out in the next car, I thought I'd tell you a little bit about Mercedes-Benz World. It's the most enormous showroom you'll ever see. And there are displays of cars and concept cars from the grand back catalogue of Mercedes-Benz for you just to wander around. It's part car showroom, it's part car museum, it's part art gallery. Where shall I start? Okay, here's one. This is lovely. A 1958 Mercedes-Benz 220S Ponton. For those who know, it's the W180, which was a car from the late 50s with an inline six-cylinder engine that produced 105 horsepower which was quite a lot, really, in those days. So, you know, a handsome car, very familiar, that classic upright Mercedes grille. But there are two cars here worth a mention. OK, there's a shooting brake over my shoulder. I'm going to mention that as well. But you really should see this. A 1955 Mercedes-Benz 300 SL Wing. The original, the classic, possibly the greatest Mercedes of all time. And of course it's silver, and of course it's got that lovely red leather interior, which has a real patina about it, like this one's been lived in. But it's still immaculate. How can a car be so immaculate, yet so lived in, and so elegant with its gullwing doors? A car from 1955, which still impresses today. And that's the sort of thing that any car manufacturer would make most of. If you've got a heritage, show it off. And that's what this place is all about. Okay, here's a car which, personally, I find really satisfying to see again. They built them between 1968 and 1971. This is a 1969 model, 280SL Pagoda. Yes, that little two-door convertible with the upright headlights and the horizontal grille and it's in slightly off-white which is exactly the same colour and year and model and spec as a 280 that my good old friend Nadia had in the 80s I spent summers driving around in this car in London and we also did some filming. I went out for a day's filming and I sat on the back of the car. Not even on the seat, but I sat with a cameraman sitting next to me on, you know, where the hood folds away in the parcel shelf at the back. I sat on that prone upright and drove around London filming. You couldn't do that these days without getting arrested. It was a cool car then in the 80s and it's still a cool car today. There are lots of other cool cars here. I'll show you some more from Mercedes-Benz World in a bit. But first, I'm going to go and test drive something I've not driven before. Gareth Jones on speed. OK, the next car is a GLA 200 CDI AMG line. It's got a 2.1 litre four-cylinder turbo diesel that produces 136 horsepower and this one will go off-road so let's go off-road well not just yet let's drive round to the off-road facility that they have here at Mercedes-Benz World and see how we get on this is the first time I've driven a GLA oh it doesn't have a very good lock that's interesting just came out of the car park 
turn it right round and the wheels didn't really turn that far. But I like the GLA. I often think that some cars like the Freelander are over-spec'd or a bit much, you might say. But those cars are supremely capable. They're very tall and they're used 90% of the time by people who don't need the abilities of that car. Now, the GLA is interesting in that it's a bolstered version of the A-Class, but it's not so bolstered that it feels like a monster car. It's planted. It has a good presence on the road. Sounds quite noisy, doesn't it? That's in the middle mode, uh, as they call it. Let's just find the off-road course. I can see it to my right. How do I get there? Again, this car isn't supremely urgent in this mode. If I put it in sport mode, it will become a lot more urgent. Yeah, you really do have to put these cars in sport mode to make them fly. I mustn't get used to driving around in that mode because I'll only be disappointed by anything else. I miss the off-road section. The entrance to the off-road section is exactly where I parked my Sora when I arrived. So I should be able to find that. The GLA isn't a terribly tall car. It doesn't seem as upright as a Audi A3, which is about the same size. It just seems quite wide and low. It doesn't feel anything other than a sports car. I don't feel like I'm towering above everyone. Now, that is the appeal of the four-wheel drive car for most people, that you do tower above them and get that point of view. This really is a crossover, I hate to say that, but it looks like a sort of a big hatch which has some off-road ability. How able it is off-road, we're about to find out. I know that they've got a proper off-road course here, so this will be a good test. Okay, turn in here, light the seats. Yeah, doesn't have the lock of the other car. I'm on the old Brooklyn's track now. I think this is where kids get to learn to drive, isn't it, round here? I'm driving on the very battered concrete surface with lots of cracks in it and lots of loose gravel. And these huge sort of speed bumps, which it warns me of. But this, it should be able to cope with this. I'm not sure my Sora would cope so well with this. I think my Sora would have perhaps chinned its spoiler three times on this bit of gravel so far. Nice, I'm having fun. The back end comes around. It's very loose here, and I'm following a sort of a slalom track of blue cones marked out in front of me. And I just got the back end out came round very handily. That's the speed bump again, must slow down. I like this, I like the GLA. Slalom, hard left. Nice in sport mode, yeah. Let's see if I can find the off-road course, otherwise we could be here all day. Let's see. 
Okay, I have managed to find it. There was a left off that I hadn't spotted, so here we go in manual mode, not eco. I'm going off road. Slightly worrying because it says no unauthorized vehicles allowed beyond this point. I'm guessing that I'm authorized. And I go into what is effectively a rain gutter, a very broad rain gutter, like a mini version of the Los Angeles River, as they call it. You know that famous scene in Terminator where they chase down the Los Angeles River, the storm drains. I'm in one of those, so I'm already wading in this sporting little car through puddles which are certainly covering the tyres. And we go onto the gravel. Oh. This is a great course. All right, uh, I'm going to go over some really raggedy rocks that are just left. <laughs> Better slow down. You've got to go really slow, otherwise you'll bash it underneath. That's bouncy. That was very bouncy. But I'm through it. More water. How deep is this? You're supposed to check the depth, aren't you, before you go in. Deep enough to here. There's another GLA to my right. I'm going to stop. He's coming this way. Okay. He's over at an absurd angle. Limb. Not really pushing this car's abilities at the moment. It's like driving through a really rotten car park. A really rotten car park. Like the sort of thing you might find at Silverstone in April. You know, muddy. There's a rocky road. Oh, I see. Okay. You can deviate off the flatter sections to some very severe sections. The temptation is just to keep going through the path. But really, you want to take this thing off-road. Let's see. Okay. It's getting steeper now. And deeper water. I think maybe I came in there a bit fast. The big brown muddy splashes all around me. I think I'm probably going to have to close the windows, otherwise I'm going to get absolutely slithergulated. All right. It's inadvisable. What was that warning? It feels like I'm driving through a river now, round an oxbow in a river. If you don't know what that is, look it up or remember your O-level geography. This is amusing, I have to say. Now, okay, right, some really bumpy stuff. We've got a bunch of tree trunks laying across transversely to the direction of travel. I'm going to creep over this. Yeah, no problem. And interesting that those two bumps were exactly the same length as the wheelbase of this car. So it, we were hopping over that. Ooh, one of the skills of going off-road it's been very ginger with the throttle pedal so you don't blast at it you've got to remember that it's a completely different mode of driving you can't charge at it although I'm knowing some journalists we will all right slowing down for these asymmetric bumps to the left bump to the right bump to the left bump to the right you can hear it bottoming out 
so if you do need to do severe off-roading this probably isn't the car so i guess this is aiming at the bmw x1 generation it's capable it just doesn't have the ground clearance i'm now stepping over extraordinary steps in the road to be fair can i really drive up those steps in this no okay in front of me now is a sheer face of a set of steps at about 45 degrees and if i get two wheels on the steps no it's not going to go is it it's not going to go that's too the attack angle is too great i can't do that okay backing up hopefully i will keep the spoiler on okay we found the limits that's probably something that this car can't do i'll take a picture of it so you know what i'm talking about and i'll post it to the website it's seldom that I'm able to find the limits of a car, but I just did with this. To be fair, that is a very severe thing to ask a car to do, to go up, I don't know, 15, 18 steps at about 45 degrees. It just isn't going to do it. The attack angle, is that what they call it? The approach angle on the car, on this car, simply won't let me do that. There are Mercedes which will let you do that, of course, the ML series and the G-Wagon. But now I'm going up something a bit more severe. I'm struggling again. Struggling again. Am I in the right mode? Are we in four-wheel drive? Let's see. Okay, well the answer is I can't do it because this car isn't four-wheel drive. Not all GLAs are, but there you go. A little bit of a run-up and I just did it, to be fair. And now creeping down the other side at quite an angle, taking it very gently, letting the engine braking do all the work. Yeah, that's the angle we came down at. It thought I was about to drive into another car. The road literally rose to meet me, rather like John Lydon sang, May the road rise with you. More steps. I'm not convinced I'm going to do those. So I'm going to back off. Okay, I've found the limits of this car. I suppose the GLA in its front-wheel drive, guys, as this is, is designed to offer the sort of performance that you might get from something like a Qashqai or a Volvo XC series. Sort of reasonable ground clearance and the ability to do certain... Whoa! We just came over something very severe and dropped down. So there I was saying, this car isn't as capable as you think it is. And it is pretty capable as I drive through yet another gutter, is what it seems like. This is very deep water now. I'm getting warnings. Got a bow wave. I'm getting out of here before. And to get out, this could be tricky. I've got logs to go over. Yeah. To be fair, you can't knock the performance of that car. That just coped very well with that. Very well. Couldn't do everything. But who needs a car that could go over a sheer mountain every day? Nobody, unless you live on a mountain. If you'd like to hear the rest of Gareth's adventures in Mercedes-Benz world and hear what he thinks of the new S-Class, then please listen to Gareth Jones on Speed, episode 222, available for download in 48 hours. 
to send us an email. See pictures, get song lyrics, join our Facebook fan site, follow us on Twitter, or to find out about sponsorship opportunities, go to garethjones.tv. Gareth Jones on Speed is made in London by Whizbang. Gareth Jones on Speed! <laughs>